Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Kodawari. This episode was essentially a conversation about life philosophy, specifically concepts such as honor, duty, and doing what is right, the vagueness of that last part pretty much being the point. And we chose to examine these concepts through the lens of the hit HBO series Game of Thrones. The finale of Game of Thrones aired well over a year ago, but I recently began reading a book by the philosopher Tamler Summers called Why Honor Matters, and it sparked many ideas about how the show brilliantly dealt with the complications surrounding honor, oath-taking, and other things like that. Said simply, when is it okay to break an oath? How do we deal with the tension between honor and duty on the one hand versus love and doing the right thing on the other? Of course, my fiance and co-host Yanko was in this episode, but we were also joined by Joe Labriola and Stephen McLean. They were both on previous episodes, which I've linked in the show notes, but they are proper Game of Thrones geeks, especially Joe, who's a writer and who's read all the books, and they really helped us get to the core of some of this deep life philosophy. If you've not watched the show and plan to, then consider this a spoiler alert, spoiler warning, whatever you call it. But even if you don't know the show well and you don't plan on watching it, you should be able to follow along and we stay away from detailed plot points and things like that and try to stick to the essence of the life philosophy that I think the show was really getting at. This is because at bottom, the show is not really about fantasy and magic and high-tech visuals. It's more of a lens into our own history and our own nature as human beings. In fact, the author George R.R. R. Martin has said, quote, the true horrors of human history derive not from orcs and dark lords, but from ourselves. So anyways, despite the show's weaknesses in the later seasons, I think Game of Thrones was a really deep show, and I hope this is a more fun way to explore some interesting life philosophy. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll consider sharing our podcast with friends or leaving a review in your podcasting app. And if you really want to support us, please consider clicking on the donation link in our show notes, and you can make a small one-time or monthly donation to our PayPal account. We really enjoy writing for the blog and making this show, and the more support we get, the better we can make this project. Either way, thanks so much for listening. Hope you're having a good week, and enjoy the episode. Okay. Valar Morgulis. Does that mean we're live in... In, uh, uh, in High, Valeri- high Val- Valerian. Old Valerian. What's high Valerian. What's dead will never die. Um, so the, no, that means um, all men must die. Who's all drunk will never die. drive. Mine That's a good the, PSA. Mine was from the Who's high what? Island. Who's drunk shall never drive. I see. Um, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> Probably should. Uh, that To which the reply is, Valardo Hyris, all men must serve. Okay. Do Hyris. <clears throat> well, it depends on your exact, uh, yeah, your the region that you're from in uh, yeah, Hyrule. From where oh, I'm oh my from, God, I said like Hyrule. <laughs> I've been playing too many that. video games lately. So... I probably already put a warning in front of this. Like, if you don't know Game of Thrones, you're not likely to get a lot out of this episode. But maybe. Spoiler alert. And is that enough of a spoiler? Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, you should. But I mean, like, listen to it if you don't plan on seeing it, because then it won't matter. It won't matter. And I think we'll keep it more about like the philosophy of it than just like plot points and details like that. Yeah. But uh, if you do want to watch it, then turn it off In the year 300 before Aegon's coming, we'll exactly. go through the yeah. whole history yeah, yeah, for yeah. you. There are YouTube channels that do that. Oh, I've seen some YouTube channels uh, that go in depth. Yeah, they're pretty intense. Like the fact that people have made YouTube channel careers yeah. on just yeah. videos of... And I got into yeah. them when it was like season eight was coming out. And That's the best part is like seeing people break it down. Yeah. Like before pre-episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was fun. And then you you get to like feel like as you watch it, you're like not um, like, oh, I really need to see the previously on Game of Thrones part, yeah. which they don't do on that show, by the way. Yeah, they do. Do they? They yeah. start at a certain point. They, yeah. I don't think they. Some do of them the don't, I guess. Yeah, some of them. Oh, they some just of them are cold, cold open. open yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I prefer. I love a good cold the open. Cold open. Yeah, I'm I a think big only guy. the first episodes of every season was doing that. If I don't remember. Yeah, even oh, like, even later the they first of the season would yeah. recap. Yeah, try to grab people previously, and then the show burned and crashed. Exactly, and died. So, <laughs> plot wise, plot wise, it did. Yeah, plot wise, it did. Visually, it got crazy. Oh, visually, vis- visually music, uh, acting. I thought acting, it got all the other too. elements were fantastic. It but as a writer, Terrible. like, I, yeah, I'm gonna speak on write, writing people's behalf. Bordering so, on a crime, what happened in the it was really in bad. the last season. Yeah. Um. So I, it's, actually, do you want to know uh, some good news to come out of COVID and quarantine? Is George oh, R. Yes. R. Martin, who still blogs via Live Journal, I believe. Nice. Yeah, he's just he he said that it worked and he's not going to change it right because he still i think he still writes on his old his first uh style computer from the 90s he refuses <laughs> to i think he has updated computers but he likes that one to write on because that's the first you know books that he wrote on but he said since uh quarantine he's been basically sheltered uh in place at a cabin in the new mexican desert and he has people come and like you know, bring him food and supplies or whatever. He probably shouldn't get COVID. Exactly. Yeah. And he knows it. And he said he's that he's he's been getting so much flack since the show aired over a decade, oh, almost a decade ago now, because he hasn't come out with a new book since the right. show first aired. Mm-hmm. And he said he's been making so much more progress than he has in years, just being locked away, working on this book. And hopefully in the next year or so, he thinks it might come out. So positive things. So perhaps is it worth reading the books? I know the answer is yes, but I mean, like, sell me on it. Uh, eh, I mean, until book. So he's written five books so far. He plans to write seven. Uh, if you were to ask me that question after reading the first three books, I would say absolutely a hundred percent. The fourth and fifth book are kind of not that good, honestly. Um, I don't quite know why. I think the publishers got involved a lot. The fourth book is supposed to be the first half of the fourth and fifth book were one book and they were too big. So the mm-hmm. publisher made him release it as two. So it just doesn't quite work very well yeah. as like individual books. And the writing style is just not as it's the characters aren't as crisp. It's still good. It's still a, a layer of depth um, even more so than the show. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for something to read, I think you should at least try reading them. And especially the first one almost reads kind of as if a murder mystery, mm-hmm. because if you go back to season one, it kind of is a murder mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's really interesting to see that in, in book form and narrative form. So I think even if you just read the first one, um, he has a really interesting style and it, it, there's so many, you can see so many influences of other writers and other works in his writing that, and I think it's, I think it's well-written. A lot of people, you know, they shit on anything that they can that's popular. But that's I, popular these days. Yeah. Just I, I, to be a, uh, point out bad things and not. Yeah, but I think there's, I, I think there's yeah. actually a lot of, uh, a fair amount of literary merit. I mean, again, he's not, you know, the greatest writer of all time, but it's, he's a very, very good writer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should say we're joined here by Stephen. What's up? Episode seven. He, you were on? Don't know the number. Previous episode, Stephen was on. I think so. I think we so. did. Lots of music, meditation, Alexander Technique. Mindfulness. And All in one episode. Joe, nice. what episode were you on? Uh, Four or five? Yeah, beach cleaning, right? Beach cleaning episode. Yeah. Nice. 
And Stephen, you're a Game of Thrones fan. Joe obviously has read the books. Yes, sir. Yanka just finished Game of Thrones maybe like a month ago. Yeah. And I got into it last year as season eight was coming out and decided to right. kind of fill in the gaps and get more into it, knowing that the first time I was like, you know, half watching it. I was at Game of Thrones parties, but not really paying attention. Yeah, right. Because um, they're fun too, you know? Yeah. So you, so you watched it in a short period of time. Like I watched it time for- years ago and stopped around season six. Just kind of lost interest, or I think um, I broke up with the person who had the HBO password. <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> and then right. I, I was like, ah, I'm not going to spend 15 bucks for HBO Plus or whatever they call it. Um, and then I got back into it in preparation for season eight coming out. Gotcha. And season seven, I kind of saw at a friend's house, like, but it was more of like a food hang than a... Gotcha. You know, Game of Thrones. You're hang. there for the food first, the game second. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're like the football fan who is. Oh, I'm not really into football, but I'll yeah. go to the Super Bowl yeah. party for like the wings. awesome dip. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Me. Yeah, Yanka's yeah. like, so what's a touchdown? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> try um, this dip. <laughs> so when it comes to the philosophy of Game of Thrones, the two words that come immediately to my mind are honor and oaths. Does anybody else have any like kind of like concept words that that are covered? Um, this isn't covered, but conceptually, the idea of uh, hierarchy, yeah, definitely comes to mind for me. Yeah, and how all of that interweaves, right? How, how you, we were sort of saying that right before we started, right? That idea that oaths and honor and navigating those through the hierarchy, right, is really yes. interestingly explored. I think. Yeah, and th- I guess I'll I'll start with this question for Joe. What do you think it is about stories that make it it's so compelling? Like, if I were just reading a philosophy paper about honor and taking an oath and breaking an oath, I might, you know, have to force myself to read it. I might find value. But when I'm seeing it in Game of Thrones, I like, you know, it's like, whoa, yeah. Jon Snow has to decide, does he kill his queen? I said spoiler alert already, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does he kill his queen or does he, um, you know, he made an oath to the queen, right, bent yeah. the knee, right? Yeah. And he has to break that oath, but the whole concept of the show is rule breaking for the greater good. Yeah. What is it about stories that make it so effective? Yeah, I think actually what you mentioned is a great point connecting to why the books themselves are really worth reading because, um, you know, I think the books in particular, they dive into a lot of these characters' stories and their personality traits and a lot of their conflicts, both uh, between each other, but also their internal conflicts, yeah. right? And they're so, I think one of the main reasons why the show was so popular and the books as well is because so many people can relate to the fact that this is how life goes, at least sort of more broadly speaking, right? Especially in a fake 1200, year 1200. Well, like, it, it, well they're, they're sort of uh, moral uh, struggles that, again, not the exact, it's not an exact parallel struggle, like, oh, I'm trying to decide whether or not to kill the king or kill the queen or whatever. But in terms of struggling with life decisions that yeah. don't have a clear yes or no, right or wrong answer, that's everyday living and that's yeah, everyday yeah. life for for people. So I think putting it in a story-like setting such as that, that we don't inherently recognize ourselves because we don't live in 1200s, yeah. you know, fantasy Europe, but we can still see, oh, these are so true, these struggles that they still apply in these totally otherwise, you know, yeah. different seeming worlds. And I think that's why, you know, you get to the end of season one and Ned, you know, gets his head chopped off. That's when people, I think, really fall in love with the show 
because they're yeah. shocked and horrified, but they realize, yeah, that's how life goes. And, Sometimes and ter- it's, those it's terrible like, oh, this happen. show has consequences. Yeah, so does life. Yeah, and so yeah. you take it seriously when they cut off Ned's head. You're like, yeah, okay, I respect it. I'm a yeah. little scared. Yeah, like I was really invested in Ned as a character. Yep. that's there's how no, they get there's you. There's no guarantees. No guarantees. Yep. There's mm-hmm. no guarantees in the show. Yeah. As in well, <laughs> yeah, as in but yeah. as the show went on, like later seasons, there came this vibe of like character protection. They were plot, some char- plot, plot armor. They plot call it armor, in, in yes, literature. Yeah. Word, yeah, I yeah. don't know if we want to go chronologically, but when I started respecting the show so much, I think was the Red Wedding episode. Yeah, and, like yeah. Yeah. they slaughtered everyone. Like I couldn't yeah. get yeah. over that. I'm sure this. Everybody. And why <laughs> did the Red Wedding happen? Is because somebody broke an oath. Yeah. Well, because so, somebody broke an oath, but he also decided to keep an oath, right? Because sure. he broke the oath sure, to sure, the sure, one sure. guy, and he decided, well, I have to keep an oath to this woman now. So, conflicting oath. You mean he made a new oath yeah. to break the old oath. Right. So, the idea is, like, if you make an oath, should that be actually black and white? Like, I can never change my mind? Or is it just an evolved strategy to make it difficult to change one one's mind? It's sort of like in the chaos of a specific situation, you should like heuristically rely on the oath, but in specific things like, like in other words, you should generally not kill your queen if you swore an oath to her, right? Yeah. yeah. But there are times where you should kill your queen for the greater good, yeah. but then you start to go, okay, what if I use that as, as a reasoning against myself to convince myself to kill the queen when really I'm just a jerk who wants to kill the queen? Yeah. I think... Um to go along with what you're saying, a big part of the show has to do with um, self-preservation. And I think you spoke about this earlier, about the characters and how they're very relatable. Having like a slew of characters with all different drives, different things that motivate them. Some of them are making moves based on self-preservation. Some of them are making moves based on the preservation of people that they love or yeah. people that they want to support. Especially children, yeah. Yeah, mm. but, but all it's, it's like all of that is filtered through a power structure. So sometimes when there's the ability to move up the power structure, you might break a code or an oath or the hierarchy yeah, yeah. because that it imp- offers a, you an opportunity to rise. Yeah, yeah. Other times, if you do that, you might get crushed. Well, it's always risky, right? It's very risky. It's easier very to risky. just stay within the, the code system. But if you get, sometimes it's you easier. might become king. Sometimes it's mm. easier, but sometimes people want what you have. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Some pop- yeah. And then well, they- that's the, I mean, if the higher up in the hierarchy you are, the more people are down looking up at you being like, I should do that. Wanting, yeah, wanting to do a better <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, or just wanting that job and being like, he's weak. Well, yeah. I can get at and that. And speaking of yes. hierarchies, you reminded me of that scene where uh, Elena uh, Tyrell, the Queen mm-hmm. of Thorns, she goes to the High Sparrow, that zealot guy, yeah. you know, religion, basically their version of the Pope, right? And tells him, well, what do you what do you want to make you go away and stop causing unrest? You want you know gold? I'll make you the richest septon who ever lived. And he just kind of smirks and chuckles and goes, "Oh, you don't get what game I'm playing because she's so used to that normal hierarchical power structure where yeah, I I know there's a price. What is it? What is the price? And yeah. he's his point is which is a point that many characters make where if you're in the the situation and you can identify, oh, I'm actually playing a different game than you think I am. That person then realizes, oh, this is a much bigger problem than maybe we expected. Right. Because yes. he's actually after something. He's unpredictable. It's, it's rare, but there's also those cases where that guy genuinely believes in this 
you know, this religious fervor that he's promoting. Yeah. And he can't be bought, it turns out. And then she she's powerless all of a sudden. She has right. no, no way to influence That's a great him. point. Yeah. That that if someone's playing by a different rule system, yeah. playing a different game. Yeah. I mean, you could, that's what game theory is, right? It's like view like the interaction of humans and evolution and all that stuff as a game and just see what strategies would work. Religion really works. It, it keeps people pure and away from the, you know, the, all of the ways that their rule system could be corrupted to believe that there's a presence watching you and judging you and there's an afterlife and all that stuff. Yeah. That's I crazy. mean, that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, that's like the most aggrandized version of a power structure. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is like God. A big daddy. A hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. Like the ultimate. Yeah. However subtle that is, I think we all feel it as our conscience. And then I think a lot of people put the label of their the feeling of their conscience as that, that presence or whatever. Um, so I found this Marcus Aurelius quote. I think that explains uh, Jon Snow pretty well or why we love him as a character. And it goes, just that you do the right thing, the rest doesn't matter. <laughs> it was sort of at the end of a, like, he, he asks himself questions like, what's the meaning of life? And then we'll answer it in like different times in the meditations, Marcus Aurelius. And I think that explains Jon Snow to a T. Well, wasn't there that scene... Uh with uh, what's his name the old maester maester the targaryen guy maester Aemon. Aemon, where he says if your father uh the great lord stark lord yeah. stark had to choose one day between honor or his family yeah what would he choose and john says something like he would choose he would do right. whatever is right no matter what no matter what and yeah what is that right it's purposely vague yeah is what it exactly, is yeah. um what is right no matter like what the hell is right yeah. Right? <laughs> like, and who are you to decide what is right? <laughs> That's right after Maester Eamon tells him, love is the death of duty. Right? And, and then that comes back at the very end of the show. That, that brilliant nine-minute-long straight yeah. scene between where, John where and Tyrion. Where John, John says that, and then Tyrion turns around and says, well, sometimes duty is the death of love. Yeah. Which I thought was one of the last... That might be the last good piece of writing in the series, was that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they took an old line from the book, and they turned it around in a really clever way. Yes. Because that's pointing out what that's Tyrion trying to you know push John along towards you know what you need to do yeah you just haven't admitted it yet right right and that's why that scene towards the we, end is we rewatched that last night and there's a moment in that last scene where John is defending the queen right he he just can't let his brain go to that possibility that maybe I should stop her yeah and and Tyrion's not really getting through to him and so he just tries a different way and goes would you have done it and Jon Snow goes what you know like there's like it just cuts the silence in the room he goes would you have done what she just did which was burn an entire city down most of which did not need to be burned down yeah well he Tyrion tells him too you you've been on a dragon you've had that power yeah you know that feeling yeah see sharp yeah would you have done it and I think at first Jon Snow says like I don't know. He goes, "Yes, you do." Like, well, he's. I think Jon Snow says, "Oh, I can't." Say, I can't say. Yeah. Say that I would, and Tyrion goes, "Yeah, you know, you know that you wouldn't do it." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That she's too far gone. And you right? can see the the moment of reversal in Jon Snow's head. Like, oh, I thought I could just rely on my love and oath to the queen, which were lining up. I love the queen, and right. I made an oath to the queen. And then Tyrion reminds him, though, he actually made an oath to guard the realms of men. And how many men will she kill? 
yeah, in her that, pursuit of and utopia. That's, that's his older oath, too. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. And I thought, I think what Jon Snow realized is that the oath to the realms of men is the most zoomed out, most powerful oath. And he had, he loved the queen, right? I mean, especially after he broke so many oaths to protect everybody from the White Walkers. Yes. You know, that, that's that true, was yeah. his like guiding. He broke every rule possible. That was, right. that was his guy. He even killed um, the half hand. And know? he had, he had sex with right. Um, Ingrid, right? That's not, a, that's not breaking an oath though. Father no children. Is that the wording? He didn't father any children. He certainly comes at the risk of fathering. So <laughs> they, they bring that up. So this is why I love the books because they mention it in the show. Sam actually says, I think in season two or three to John, that it never actually says something about other relations with women or oath. Right, right, and, right. and they reference it a lot more in the books because they have more time in the books to talk about it and reflect upon it. But actually, th that's something that comes up where they even admit that, oh, yeah, all the Night's Watch go to that town, Molestown. I think like, they say that in the, yeah. in the, in the show. They right. say that too. Molestown, yeah. Because yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, you're just not allowed. What It's that interpretation. Oh, are you really supposed to be celibate or are you just not supposed to have a family to carry on right. your name? And what does Maester Eamon say? He goes, if we beheaded every man that went to Molestown to hook up with a girl, the wall would be guarded by headless men. Right. <laughs> it's also a book quote. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, is it yeah. also all the good quotes from the show are probably pulled directly from the books? Mo most of them, yeah, yeah. not all of them, that makes sense. Yeah, a at lot of like point? the good one liners are made up. But. I was just gonna ask at what point the um, the books and uh, the series stopped following the books exactly? Like, is there a point that they started just doing their own thing? It's con it's confusing because the um, the books uh, don't entirely line up with the show, mm -hmm. but essentially by season five you start getting in season five has uh some characters that they're still in book material mm -hmm. but other characters where they've now gone past essentially i see okay. so that's why by season five it starts to you start to it's it's an interesting experience having read the books because you start to see elements of just filling in the gaps sort of start yeah. to filter in mm -hmm. by season five and then by season six i think season six is the last good season Mm -hmm. where there's still some really good writing. There still is some book material, I think. Yeah. But it's still so close to the books that they knew what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. But you start to get things that are just filling in the gaps where you're like, oh, they're just rushing through this. Yeah. There's no, you know, real depth in the terms of, of the connection. The feel of season six there. was still good, generally. Yeah. Seven general. is when it became, felt more like a Marvel movie. Yep. It became exactly what didn't make it popular. Yes. It was. Every, it yes. became everything that it hadn't been for the first five or six But it also could have been what yeah. made it go from a more niche popular, but like low-key yeah. popular, to exploding into the culture popular because they made it more accessible. Well, the instant gratification. I mean, yeah. the yeah. whole thing, the whole right. first six seasons is delayed gratification. And I noticed this, especially on the rewatch and, this, and the third watch. Yeah. It's like they say things in the very first episode that get weaved through every single season. Like, and, um, but when you get to the seventh season, they start like giving you like the payoffs. Yes, and, yeah. especially yes, yes. like in the end, especially that in the eighth season, they started actually giving you the payoffs like left and right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like the like we always said about that last scene um, that we were just talking about. That scene could stay exactly the same. Yeah, and they could just change right. the show of how you got there and how long it took to get yeah. there. Yeah, but um, it definitely was more fun visually to watch in seven and eight. Crazy. And I, I. I I would watch the show even just for that because I love watching action superhero type movies just because I like to 
observe like if you watch spider-man like the first spider-man you're like like i enjoyed that you know <laughs> you're like i considered that spectacle yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny uh, i mean so, hour-long battle scenes like so crazy. that what, what was that name of that episode the the long night right yeah oh I had, like I had such beef with that battle it was very dark and they changed it a few days after they aired it yeah so but, they first aired it so dark, but that al- but also that was such a good example where you could tell George R. R. Martin had nothing to do with that because yeah. the battle strategy made no like, no sense at all. No sense. Yeah. Yeah. That pissed me off. Yeah, that pissed me off. He a hundred yeah. like why that, would you send in the Dothraki first? Yeah, they're so your they best fighters by far. Also, they're by far your best fighters. Also, if you know anything about military history, which George R. R. Martin does, <laughs> you would know that cavalry charges serve very specific purposes. And one of the main ones, it's either basically you charge enemies to um, route them, like chase fleeing troops to Mm -hmm. cut them down, like because you can run faster than them, or you can use it to break an enemy, right? If there's an enemy that, hey, if we send in our infantry, it's going to be a slog and it's just going to be thousands and thousands of people dead. Hey, if we surprise them and hit them quick, maybe we can break their line. Mm-hmm. Julius Caesar did this all the time, where you sneak the cavalry around and try to hit them hard with all your horses, right? To scare them to get them running. How in what world they does that charged sound like? them into a, the blackness into, into of into the darkness, into which an ne- army oh, of the you, dead. You never do, but also against an enemy that will never retreat. Yeah, you can't yeah. scare them into retreating. They're zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're zombies. They're <laughs> already <laughs> dead. Yeah. So it was just it was it was those little things that and just they sent unraveled. all of them at once. Yeah, that they, also pissed yeah. me off. I'm like, yeah. wait, all of them are going? <laughs> they were all charged up with like their the the, uh, the like fire. Send them at five. See how that works. Yes, you see. Yeah, well, crazy. I think that shot was probably more effect driven, meaning yeah, you know that yeah. shot they showed where the fire was charging and the lights went out? I think yeah. they wanted that and they found a way to make it. Yeah. And no yeah. one in the writing room said, Hey, yeah. I happen to know this is stupid. It doesn't make sense, but <laughs> like I listened cool. to two George uh not George, Dan Carlin podcasts and it, like right, right, right. you'll learn that that's not how Right. Cavalry charges work. I wonder if somebody did bring up that point and they were like, no, it's too good of a shot. It's going to be amazing. And they're like, all right. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it's a, pro- it's a you know, a result of its own success, right? That's yeah. often yeah, what yeah, fail- exactly. failure is for sure. That, that, that battle looks more like a zombie movie or something. Like yeah. literally like they're just... Sam Samuel's just in a pile of dead bodies, just laying there, just like. But there's also so much plot armor in that that whole that, battle. Yeah. Yes, yeah, where they're just rolling much, around. Yeah. <laughs> they're just rolling around, like fighting zombies for like two two like hour and a half. Yeah. Like it's standing in the same yeah. spot. It just didn't make sense. My favorite part of that episode was before the army of the dead showed up. Oh, because I, hands there was down, yeah. they really captured that it. feel in the air. Like we're like uh, if you imagine your life as a general battle yeah. of good versus evil, like roughly speaking. And then you realize that the battle in that war is happening tonight. Yeah. You're going to have a weird day. Yeah. yeah. And they like, they knight Brienne of Tarth and yeah. They, yeah. they get drunk on wine and yeah. everybody's, everybody's handling it slightly differently. Arya has sex for the first time. But see, that's what I thought they should have done in season seven and eight where, so you had that in season eight. And I think the real failure of, of that show to consistently come through with a lot of these themes, especially of oaths and honor um, and they, they, they do pull it off in some ways, of course. Um, I don't want to say that's all bad, but if they had done 10 episodes, those last two seasons, cause they did, I think seven in season seven and six in season, uh, eight, yeah. Yeah. if they had done 10 episodes in 
say that last season, you would have had time to really show characters struggling a lot more with, do I stay here for this zombie apocalypse? It's yeah. it's discussed. It's or do I up. run south? Do I run yeah. south? Like, what is really keeping me here? What is really motive? Getting into this conflict of oaths and honors yeah. and self-preservation. I thought that there was, so, as a writer, I'm just like, oh, I would have loved to, and a nerd fan of the books, try to fill in those gaps. And right. they just opted for... Be given the, the, the such story fertile, and, and that's such like fertile, like a, such like a fertile opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, Especially like, when you've established so much already yeah, throughout yeah. the series. Right. And they just, I think, decided that, you know what, we're cashing in. Why would we spend more budget than we absolutely have to at this right. point? We we have the budget. We can do it in six episodes. We yeah. know how it has to end. And you wind up with, you know, kind of nonsense, honestly. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Yeah, except that nine-minute scene and maybe a few others. There's, there's a few others, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, everything was fast and rushed and all of that. Yeah, there's literally Starbucks cups in scenes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was. I mean, they they took it out. That's pretty. Like, it's nevertheless, <laughs> but the version that that aired before they took it out is already out there on the internet, and you can find it if you YouTube. Daenerys it. is just chilling with a a, a, a latte on <laughs> on her desk. So funny. <laughs> okay, let me ask you guys. A, can I ask a question? You um, you can. So, we've been kind of shitting on it, which it deserves for sure. Um. What character arcs did you guys feel like they actually executed well or that you were okay with? I loved Jamie's character arc until the end. Until the end. Jamie's okay. character arc took the worst possible turn. It was just kind of like a middle back. finger to us. Yeah, it, 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 but it was going so <laughs> Wait, so Steve, you just asked like asked what character arc? Like, <laughs> no, that's a bad one. <laughs> Wait, that's why I really liked it though cuz that's how human beings function. Like you think it's going to come out well and then they just like give you the middle finger with a behavior and you're like There's what? an element like, of yes, that, that's but so real, Yes, that's true. I really believe yeah. his growth too much though. For yeah, to have it all point. go away. It was, that's it, why it was great. Uh, but great he, there's, no way. there's so it's many surprising. contradictions in that where he says when he gets captured in camp before, like you're right, as a as a general philosophy, I agree that that makes a lot of sense and I think that is appealing. Mm -hmm. But when he gets captured by um, Tyrion and Tyrion sets him free the night before Daenerys attacks King's Landing, mm -hmm. uh, Jaime goes into this whole bullshit speech about how I never really cared for the common people, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because Tyrion's like, well, why are you here? Why are you coming back? And he goes, and it's like, that totally contradicts your best speech in the series when you're in the hot tub after you get your yeah. hand cut off, really yeah. kind of incidentally admitting that you do care about the people, even though yeah. you can't admit it to yourself. Yeah. And it just throws that all under the bus. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think what you're saying could work. But uh, as I was saying earlier, I think they need the ten full episodes to get him. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. I mean, right. it's the same problem. Yeah, same definitely. as that. Like we couldn't really figure out why Daenerys lost her mind. Like, I mean, so yeah. it was gonna be so very fast. obvious, but it was. Like, Which she, I think she should. Time. I, yeah. I think it makes sense. I but, totally understand yeah, how they right. got there, but it was. A but now I'm struggling to think. Like, well, I would say Arya. If I'm gonna answer your question without making it what I hate about the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of okay with Arya becoming Christopher Columbus, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, you know. She had but, a good West up, West. Yeah, I mean that ending is, is, but again, it's not like her character changed so much. No, no, no. It made it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely. Um, and I just really thought she was like they did a good job of making her a badass. You know, yeah, um, she's respectable. Also, character. She's also George R. R. Martin's favorite character. Interesting. I didn't he, know that. he actually said during the course of the show, where people asked, "Are there any characters who are safe, like you would never kill?" And he actually admitted, I think, on the record that he, he said, "I'm not going to tell you that." He said, "But." I love my two favorite characters are Tyrion because I feel like I relate to him the most and Arya because 
she's awesome. And he's like, and if I killed her, I think my wife would never speak to me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny reason. But you do get attached to characters. It's funny. Like, I, I was a she's, kid she's when Dumbledore my, she's died. She's probably my favorite character. She's, <laughs> yeah. really good. Are you? Yeah. Who cried when Dumbledore died? I didn't actually cry. I was just like really bummed out at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I had another beer. My dad, no, no. I mean, I was like in in eighth grade or something. I had another emotional grade. beer. My dad was like, "What happened?" I'm like, "Dumbledore didn't make it. it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. You just would not get it." Do you have a favorite character arc? Um, favorite character arc is tough because there are so many good ones. Yeah. One to answer my own question, one that I was okay with, that I was happy with, was um, the Hound. Google started talking to us. Whoa! Yeah, the hound is. is I like the hound. I yeah. like how he ended. Yes, yes. He I like he, he was an honorable character. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily the most moral or the most clean cut. You know, like good guy. But that was but that's he was what makes honorable. him interesting. Well, yeah. you don't live yeah. if you're that moral. You know what I mean? Someone like Correct. stabs you in the back. So like, well, that's you the have point. To be yeah. what he is. Well, yeah. remember that scene with Arya where. Uh, she is training and he's laughing at her mm -hmm. and she tries to stab him and he just knocks the sword and slaps her down <laughs> and he goes he says something like oh your friend's uh, dead because you know this other guy who killed him had armor and a big fucking sword mm -hmm. and he's that's his point yeah. I'm bigger than you yeah. I Realist, win realistic yeah he's yeah. very realistic yeah you know? Yeah. yeah, but well, he has a lot of character growth too which is uh, one of my he's one of my favorite characters he gets stars. deeper Yes. Like he, 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 he was always like, um, you could tell he was a good guy, whatever that means. Like when it came down to yeah. it, he would do the right thing kind of but guy. But he was screwed emotionally from childhood yeah. when his psycho brother. Yeah. Understandably so. As yeah. we find out, like it yeah. became his, his battle at the, against the army of the dead wasn't his battle. His main battle right. was against his and brother. He knew, and he knew the right. whole time that's how it was going to end. It right. Was like, yeah. It was like they both knew. It was well, very fatalistic, yeah. really there anymore. But. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that was. Whoever that yeah. Guy, whoever that guy And was. that was his point. <laughs> like, yeah. I still have to do it, right? I have to do it. Yeah, because yeah. somebody has to destroy this monster, right? Yeah. And it's not fair that he has to be the one, but he still takes on that responsibility, right? Yeah. yeah. He almost didn't get there when Brienne of Toth went crazy on him. And that in the and that season that finale. was a crazy yeah. fight. That yeah. was one of the best. That was one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a minute. So what's what's uh, funny about that? And again, this is where the show I thought was at its best. That never happens in the books. In the books, he gets into that. Remember that one of my other favorite scenes in the show is when they're in the the tavern, and he he says, "I'm going to have to eat every fucking chicken in this room." Oh yeah, the guy. Yeah. That scene is in the books, but I think they wrote it better in the show. They they totally changed the dialogue, and I think they nailed it. They did such a great job. Yeah. And in that like battle, that. he gets like in like that, that battle he gets hurt and he gets sick, and that's when Arya leaves him days later. Got you. So in the show, they were like, "Oh, let's make a battle, Brienne," and I thought that was way cooler. Yeah. And I was totally down with that. And yeah, Brienne's a, re a really interesting character in many ways. Um, too because she has a lot of really interesting internal strugg struggles especially like you said earlier with like talk about trying to navigate the hierarchy right yeah like she has all sorts of challenges along those lines right definitely and she had a sword called oath keeper yeah <laughs> speaking of oaths um how about you yanka what was your favorite character or character arc oh it's hard i mean i i, I 
Just gonna tell who I hate the most. Yeah, Sansa. I'm like that's fine. I, I'm like blanking on I characters. Hate Sansa. Oh, Sansa. Yeah. I, I was like just like, like, Ugh, like, I grew no. to like her a little bit. I grew to not like her. Still, like I grew, grew <laughs> to dislike her constantly. I'm like, no. I guess I understood her a little bit more. Like, you know, when you understand, like siblings can be so different. Like, yeah. there's there's like right. like archetypes of siblings. You know, yeah. it's um, one of the. It's like such a clear difference. Like I prefer the character of an, an Arya type person. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But by Arya being Arya, Sansa was like the ver- the opposite of that. Arya was yeah. a more masculine woman and she was overly feminine. Very feminine. Yeah. And um but they they she became stronger as the show went on. Yeah. I mean, and she went through she went through real life. I right, mean, her dad yeah. got his head chopped off. She saw, and then, yeah. <laughs> That's true. then her brother, her mother Spent got time, lovely yeah. time with Joffrey. With she Joffrey became and, a and, she, and um, the other guy. She, she became she became a child bride oh, several times. God. Yeah. Ramsey, Ramsey. Oh Ramsey. my god, that yeah. was wait, hold on, that was like the worst character ever. I think yeah. like it really psychologically. Do you know what's bad? He's the Joker of the yeah, character. Yeah, you, but basically. you know what's do you know what's bad about Ramsey? But why I like Ramsey as a character is because the difference between Ramsey and Joffrey is Joffrey is the Trump of the series. George R. R. Martin has said that <laughs> uh if I had to compare Joffrey to one person in real life, it would be Trump. That is so and good but Ramsey is capable. Ramsey's very principled though. Like he yeah. was also at the same. Time, well, he's like, very he's so smart principled. and he's You're very like, talented. He had to be, which is I scary. He had to be because he was a bastard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's a scary kind of bad guy. Joffrey's the kind of bad guy where that's you're scared true. of him because he's a wild card. Yeah, well, he was. He was. Joffrey, Joffrey was Joffrey's in the uh, with the women and children when the guys are yeah. like getting killed and stuff. Right, he like, retreats to the, he retreats yeah. to his like bedroom. Right, Ramsey yeah. just had that kind of like psychopath rule where it's like, yeah. oh, you murder the body and then clean it off and like make it all nice. You're yeah. still a murderer. Way, <laughs> way, way scarier to me. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. It's like, oh, you yeah. painted the nails on the dead body yeah. like before you left the house. Yeah. Like interesting detail, yeah. you psycho. Like. So I was more scared of that kind of character than Joffrey, who was just yeah. random, you know, like yeah. just like he was just a child. One thing I will say about Sansa, though, in her defense is that there's a, I, I actually think it's a really interesting scene where when um, she makes it to the wall after escaping Ramsay and her and John are like so like unbelievably, you know, relieved to see each other mm-hmm. again but they mention the fact, and this is very true in the books, uh, not so much highlighted in the show, but they allude to it that she treated John like shit when yep. they were kids. She hated John. Yep. But when they finally meet again after mm-hmm. all these years, they're so relieved because there is this uh, sort of you know core essence of family and and, and honor yeah. and yes. and trust with family, yeah. right? And it's like it's, things got really chaotic. Yes, our trust level just skyrocketed right. to the most trustful relationship yeah. I have here. And, and, and in, in the show's defense, they they do a, a fairly good job, I think, maintaining that sort of ideal throughout all the way to the end, basically when they all leave each other again. Yeah, and they're like, well, and they bring it up again that you know the 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 lone wolf dies but the pack survives right that's a very stark like yeah like the culture exists in all of the game of thrones universe but specific to each house like they had their own little rule system that extra worked right yeah i actually thought of an arc finally what's this guy's name from the iron islands the Oh, Theon. Theon. Theon, yes. Yeah. I think yeah. Theon had a good ending. Like, he finally did the right thing. He, he took a while a to get coward. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. He died for the, like, He died right with reasons. dignity, for sure. Yeah. He did die with dignity, and, yeah. and maybe yeah. that's enough. That scene was terrible, yeah. too, but I agree. 
philosophically, yeah. I agree. I see. Hundred yeah. percent. It was yeah. kind of dumb. I'm like, hey, why are you doing this? Like, why? Well, he why also so so fun like, fun like note that I noticed that I never heard anybody talk about with how he actually died mm-hmm. was the way he actually dies is he tries to stab the Night King and he knows he's gonna die mm-hmm. and I kind of respect that because yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it's over like we're yeah. all gonna yeah. die but I'm gonna go out fighting. But he didn't die mm-hmm. frozen, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the way the Night King actually kills him is the Night King breaks his spear and stabs him through his... With the other side, yeah. But he stabs him with a... He breaks a wooden spear and stabs through his plate mail. That's not how plate mail works. Mm. Or wood. Okay. It's just stupid. How do you know he did Night King the wood real quick? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just another, like, little, like, thing in season seven and eight where I'm thinking, of course George R. R. Martin didn't write that because he wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. He would say, of course you can't pierce metal with wood. That makes no sense. Let the Night King use his magical sword and then I'm cool with it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I've been trying to say. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about honor. Like we said that word a lot. I'm reading this book. Well, I'm audio booking this book um, called Why Honor Matters by Tamler Summers. So Yanka, I'm going to aim this question at you specifically because we just watched The Godfather the other night. That's true. Yeah. It's my favorite movie. So Steven Pinker, who is like a linguist and maybe anthropologist in, in one of his book called honor, quote, a strange commodity that exists because everyone believes that everyone else believes that it exists. And then this guy, Tamler Summers, in the prologue of this book, wrote, I've been writing this book about honor for three years, and I'm still hard-pressed to give a concise definition of what it is. And I just love this idea that it's, you can't quite say exactly what it is, but we all feel it. And we all believe in it in a way. So he opened the book by talking about the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And he said, I guarantee you 50% of people when asked who's their favorite character will answer this. Mm-hmm. What would what would be your guess that he was talking about? I mean, Don Corleone? Well, um, specifically <laughs> like the most honorable character. In Godfather? Yeah. Not necessarily the best character. Just I mean, I don't know. So many of Sonny. them. Sonny? Yeah. Really? Well. Ah. Because I don't, I don't agree with that. Not the most dignified character, not the most moral character, but the most honorable character. The character that will just act without thinking to defend his yeah, family. Yeah, that's dumb. I don't think that's, but that's what honor is. He, he couldn't pass that line, you know what I mean? There's a thin line. He was just an idiot, I think. Well, but then that's well, honor is take. honor is just following a code no matter what. What's the dictionary definition of honor? Um if we ask, w- let's ask Siri. <laughs> let's bring uh so folks, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring our, on our guest special Siri. guest Siri. She's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> she knows almost everything. And sometimes it can sound like a British man if you go in the settings and or change. Or an Australian that. person. <laughs> yeah. Or in, in Turkish even. Although the Siri Turkish is not as smart. She's not. following me on Twitter, Siri. Siri? Yeah. I'll look at you. Yeah. So what do you got, Steven? Um I didn't use Siri, sorry. Um, I okay. just Googled it. <laughs> Google, also a great guest. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Google. Okay, noun, honor. Homage, reverence, deference, uh, mean respect and esteem shown to another. Honor may apply to the recognition of one's right to great respect or to any expression of such recognition. Um, denomina- this is like, an, I guess, an example. Denomination is an honor, homage, adds to implication of accompanying well this doesn't even make sense yeah it sounds like a lot of words <laughs> so i think honor. one of the ideas that the problem with honor is like you honor. use it in so many ways right yeah 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of honor other words code, that... Honor society. Yeah. I there, graduated with honors. There's a lot of other words or terms that you can tie in, like justice, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Here, yeah. It, here it says um, honesty, fairness, or integrity mm. in one's beliefs and actions. Yeah. Right. Which is the idea of, oh, I would, you know, or Ned Stark would just do the right thing no matter yeah. what, right? Right. Yeah. It's so you like, need a radar, basically. What you're serving, you will serve it no matter what. And if you're Ned Stark, you're serving the greatest good that you can conceive of. But if you're Jamie Lannister, you're serving like, I want to bang my sister in this tower so I'll right. push the kid out the window. <laughs> right. He, he, like it, well, I mean, that's not his code. I'm just kidding. But like his code there was nihilism. Like, I don't have a code, whatever. Yeah. What's pushing a kid out the window that solves my problem, right? Yeah, um, right. Which is why his character arc should be so interesting. Right. Yeah. And the scene you brought up with him in the hot tub with Brienne. Yeah. Um, what was so powerful about that is he was she was viewing oaths in this very simple way. Well, I don't know what she was, but she was just being like, how could you break your oath and kill your king? You're the kingslayer. Yeah, and that's how society views him yes. as mm -hmm. the kingslayer who just in the books they establish this very consistently where he killed the king because he wanted to be pardoned by the new king. He knew yeah. that the chips were down, like, you know, the, the old king was going to lose. So he killed his king. He broke his oath so that he could be at a higher status. Right. And that's, as per the scene, not why he did it at all. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in that scene, he says, you know, we make all these oaths, you know, obey your father, protect your king, serve the innocent. And what happens if your king asks you to kill your father? What happens if your king asks you to kill the innocent, right? Mm -hmm. And it gets really complicated really fast. Yeah. And that's why I loved his arc with just, he was right. like nihilistic for a while. He's like, the world's too messed up to actually follow an honor code. It's too much weight to bear. I'm just going to do whatever. Right. I'm just kind of live from thing to thing and betray whoever because whatever, you know. He still had, he still had like personal core values though. I think, well, I think probably because he was a Lannister and like the Starks, how honor and like following the, the ways or whatever were that was like impressed upon like the Stark children. Yeah. I think the need for like uh, basically protecting your family at all costs was like the Lannister code basically. Yeah. Mm. The, and that they, it was kind of instilled into all of them. Like my From family, this is my family, my family. It, right? yeah. 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 Everything was like family, family, family. I mean, and that even got complicated when Tyrion killed their father. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So then it's right. like- Even James though that actually, was like justified. Yeah. Even though it was completely justified. Considered. Yeah. But right. then that's, that, that's where it got weird with- with even with that code, because yeah. Jamie was then in between Cersei mm. and Tyrion now, and it's like he killed my family, but he's still my brother. But she's my sister, you know. It's right. it's like wow, right. it's like, what do I do? Co conflicts, right? Conflicts, yeah. And how do you resolve conflicts? Well, sometimes there's no clean solution. Well, rarely, probably rarely, yeah. in, in, right. especially in a, in that kind of universe. Um, back to the Godfather thing, Yanka. I meant. Like in, in in honor culture, it means that honor culture is often um, put as an opposite to dignity culture, where people have individual rights and you you view punishment as something the state should do, not mm -hmm. families against families. You don't have blood feuds and um, vigilante justice and things like that. Whereas we actually respect that quality about Sonny that 
when he finds out when Sonny, I know you haven't seen The Godfather, Joe, spoiler alert. I hear, Wait, it's, a, I hear it's a great movie. You've never seen it? It's a joke, right? Is, it, is that the one with the, uh, okay, the, the is that the one with okay, the, well, the pony well, pogo stick in the bed? Okay, is that, is that <laughs> I should have known. But see, it, <laughs> Continue. The, the amount that it Shut upsets up. people is so worth That's not why seeing. it's worth That's it. That's the <laughs> only reason I haven't seen it. <laughs> Um, you actually haven't seen it. it was see, the don't, see, how, joke. see how triggered you are. This is, you're gonna get yeah. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny does this to me all the time, and I'm like, of course, I will never see it now. Yeah, I see? saw it when I was a kid, but I honestly don't remember any of it. Oh, it's great. worth rewatching. Don't <laughs> watch one. the second. She's and like, third at least one, you tried. <laughs> no, two and three sucks. Watch the first one. The first yeah. one. Okay. So yeah. Sonny, the the uh, one of the the kids, and he he kind of messes up the family when he he takes over and runs after the father is shot. He, he's not a smart leader, but he's very honorable. He finds out that his sister's husband is beating her. Mm-hmm. And like, he doesn't think, what should I do? What could I, he just goes over and beats the crap out of him. Yeah, that's very And Turkish, we respect that. I would say. Well, I was going to ask you, like, can you talk about like the honor culture aspect of Turkish culture? Yeah. I mean, specifically, where should I start? Like, well, that behavior, for instance, is very Turkish. Like, I mean, it has happened in my family. The impulsive my- behavior of just like you... You know, like if you call someone chedefsiz, like you're dishonorable. It's oh yeah, like you prepare just, to get headbutted. Yeah, you like know, someone will like get up oh, from really? their chair and then punch you. In the it's face. like when That's George cool. calls Jerry a wuss in Seinfeld. And he goes, he just Did you just me call a wuss? me a wuss? And I, mean, like, makes I remember the scene specifically. I just recently watched this. There's this Turkish director, Turkish German, Fatih Akin, and he has a very famous movie. It's called um, Against Like Head On in English. And oh wait, Divor. Shay is in it. Yeah, Shay is in it from actually. Game of oh, Thrones. we're tying to the Game oh, of Thrones. Yeah, from she's Game of Turkish. Thrones. Yeah. I believe you. <laughs> so she. She's very excited. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty. Anyway, Shay is a Turkish German actress. She's like refusing her Turkish roots right now because people were so hard on her because she did porn. Anyway, so what? She just don't you know that? She's a no, porn. I, star. I know that, anyway, but I don't uh, want like. I didn't know. It was, I didn't know it was an issue. I mean, it was an issue. I think the family disowned, and everybody was just like. <laughs> like oh, you know, okay. porn star, and then she's just like, "No, I'm an act- actress now. Like, enough with this kind of yeah. thing." So anyway, she's German, I guess now more than she's Turkish. But she just, oh, is she part German? Yeah, she's. I mean, oh. there are a lot of Turkish people that oh, I thought, were born and raised in. Germany. Oh, I thought you meant she just went to Germany and she's like, I, "I'm, I'm, I'm oh, no, a jump ship." She's a German. <laughs> she was. She's a German. Okay, Turkish I see. Person. That makes more sense. Yeah. So there's this like really famous movie. It's called Gegendi Wand in German, and in that movie, she is like a girl that was like born and raised in germany and then got married to a guy just to like get rid of the pressure that she's having from the family and then the shit goes down anyway she goes to turkey like at some point to istanbul in some part of the story and then she's walking in the streets at 2 a.m and then the guys are like oh like you know just whistling at her and then being like you know i'll fuck you and then she's like getting so fucking pissed off and then just charging at them and then they're like beating the shit out of her like and then she's lying on the ground and then they're walking away she can't just hold herself like she's just still charging at them like you motherfuckers like i'll fucking fuck you like who how dare you and then they come and then again beat the shit out of her but like now she's like covered in blood and everything and then they run away and then she just still doesn't stop like she just can't get over it you know what i mean that's what i mean like honor like I can absolutely see myself Sounds in that like same situation. Sounds like she needs situation. some kickboxing yeah. lessons. Anyway, she, they stab her to death, like almost at the oh. end of like that character, and then she yeah, passes out before she stops actually yelling what she believes. So, so part of it is that idea that um, like that. if you if you trigger my honor code, like you know, alert, alert, like then 
it's it death is preferable. Yeah. Yes. It's better to die with honor, exactly. meaning you protected mm-hmm. the thing that yeah. you said okay. was that that was honorable to you or whatever. It's better to to die protecting that than to live and be safe but not have you know stood up for what what is honorable anyway i would say that we can go that to that extreme like that scene was just so relatable to me mm. like i'm like oh like that's the representation of the culture like it's just so obvious I yeah don't know. like wow. I'm, I'm not saying everybody would do that i'm not saying that's a healthy thing to do but i'm just saying like well yeah we can get that honorable i think there's an aspect to honor like this guy this philosopher guy basically said like anything honor taken too far gets really messed up yeah you know and it's often really horrible in in how it like commodis commodicizes help Come me out manifests I'm, I'm um like a commodity like making a commodity out of women oh um okay and in honor cultures objectifying or? objectifying it well just making it like like the family name and and arranged marriages and all these things yeah. are part of honor cultures. Did, and did like, you start <laughs> watching Peaky Blinders at all? Not yet, no. So there's a great... See, have you seen Peaky Blinders? It's no. it's a really fun show and there's a lot of... I would even call it misplaced honor in that show. So you might really like mm. it because there's this whole basically drive of the show at a certain point where this character goes and it just escalates between like one honor beating up and another because somebody is even just hanging out with somebody like, Oh, don't hang out with those greasy Italians. Right. And they're like, can you just drop that? Like who cares? And he's like, no, it's, it's them trying to assert their power over us that they, they can hang out with us. And some of the characters are thinking this is, you're just being toxic with it. Like, yeah. Obviously. I mean, tribalism is one of the bad aspects yeah. of honor. And it just yeah. escalates where, oh, we beat up his guy. So now he, he comes and beats us. And it never ends. So now we slash yeah. them and now we're just shooting at each other and everybody's dying. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, yeah, in that sense can become very unhealthy very quickly. Yeah. I, but, <laughs> but without any honor, you, 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 and I think our culture is kind of going through a very dishonorable period where people don't seem to have a personal moral code that they feel honor towards you know mm-hmm. and um anyways i haven't i'm only on chapter two of this book but he's his main thesis is that of course honor has all these bad expressions but yeah uh, our our society would be much more just if we could reinstate honor in the right ways and and balance it with dignity you know individual sovereignty and that, those kinds of ideas yeah, there's, a, the, there's a good version the of collective it. Yeah. yeah right there's a good version <laughs> of it in how you relate to the larger society yes. right and yanka has been talking about that constantly with how the difference between how the united states and turkey dealt with covid19 like they have more of a group centered like at the end of the day i mean nationalism is a very honor-based feeling right and we your country came together and and did well against COVID because yeah. everyone wore a mask. You didn't have these people that are like, I just want to go to Walmart and like, you know, not put on my mask. Like, who cares? How do you know what germs? I was trying to do a Southern accent and then I abandoned it, by the way. Yeah, no, I can see. <laughs> I heard it loud and loud and beer. Loud and beer. Um, yeah. yeah. So who was the most honorable character in Game of Thrones? Hmm. Um. Probably Jon Snow. There's a few of them. Yeah. There's a few maybe. of them that were good. Yeah. Well, Ned Stark, maybe, but Ned Stark is so honorable that it gets him killed. So is that... Ned is, I almost think, I almost think with Ned, it's like cop-outs. I feel like... Yeah. Like, I feel like Ned, to be honest, to be full disclosure, I'm not the biggest Ned fan. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest no, Ned I'm not fan either. Yeah. Because he's, it's like, instead of 
uh, standing up for himself, he does like he went. He goes the easy route a lot of times. Mm. Like he should never have left Winterfell, if you ask me. Like he should have stayed. I think he should have stayed. He well, he left. thought it was honorable, though, right? He thought it was honorable, yeah. but I almost felt like he. It was more like I don't want to upset the king, or like I don't want to deal with this conflict. And then because later when when stuff got hairy, he did try to leave. Yeah, and it and it right. was too late. So so it wasn't about that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because when it got weird, which he knew it could have got weird because John Aaron was killed. Yeah, like he yeah. knew that that was what right. he, something yeah. was afoot. He went in there acting like he knew something was afoot, and then went in there trying to just play by like trying to play by the rules. Yeah, right. So it was like there's some kind of cognitive dissonance. There. Well, with you Ned's, I mean? with yeah. Ned Stark too, it's interesting because he's a great example of where honor blind can put up blinders that. Mm-hmm get you in trouble or make things worse for everybody else. And the example everybody thinks of is him telling Cersei that I know the truth. I'm going to tell the king you better run. And Cersei says afterwards, what motivated him to do that? I have no idea. That was (laughs) the dumbest thing you could have done. And she's right. And that's the example everybody uses. But there's another much more subtle example that I like that I I think really touches upon, you know, the point that you raise where uh, when Ned Stark first gets to King's Landing and he meets Jamie in the throne room, Jamie comes over to him and Jamie's being his cocky self because that's his like armor. Mm-hmm. That's his like personality armor. Like he has to, Tyrion does the same thing. It's like, like, a, yeah. it's like a feel out. Basically. Yeah, exactly. You feel you out just so but you know. in that scene, he's trying to be friends with Ned genuinely. He's trying to connect with him in, in, in a genuine way. Cause he knows they're going to be around each other. They're going to spend time with each other. And Ned says something really just kind of, you know, underhandedly nasty about, Oh yeah, you served the King. Well, while serving the King was, was easy. serving you or something was, easy yeah Yeah. and walks away and you can see jamie's face where he realizes like oh this guy's like a blind blinded asshole and he's never going to be my ally and ned just needlessly throws away that potential connection to to that family and it's because he's relying upon this narrative of oh jamie's the kingslayer he's not an honorable person and he's not willing to probe deeper into the truth which obviously as we learn is not quite the truth of course jamie didn't just kill the king for his own status and protection he actually did it for very moral reasons right so in that way honor really is undermining him because he's so blinded i don't know i don't know if it's the honor per se or just his tendency to like uh blindly to not think critically yeah you know what i mean like make himself well isn't that what honor is though it's saying in a situation don't think critically and calculate your best move follow the code right it's like the code is obey your maybe. king maybe i i yeah right and jamie maybe. didn't yeah, jamie didn't jamie obey, didn't. obey he broke his oath that's all that matters that jamie broke that's his why oath, ned right? stark is respectable yet comes across as too simple it's like yeah you can lie sometimes for the greater good you know if you have an oath like i don't tell a lie great oath but if you have a gun to your head and somebody says like where's whatever blah 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 yeah. if you can lie and get that gun away from your head you might want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's also the unwritten oaths, like where, when, uh, you know, he finds out, when John finds out that, and this is what makes him, I think, a, a, I don't want to use the phrase better character, but in some ways a better character than Ned is because when he finds out he's a Targaryen and he tells Daenerys, Daenerys, I think, makes him swear or promise to never 
tell his family about it. Yeah. And it's all for selfish reasons because she wants to be the queen and she doesn't want to be challenged. And but John can't do that. John and they all love John. John and John John agrees not to tell anybody. He says, All right, I'll keep it a secret. But immediately when he meets Sansa, they they know him. something's up and they're yeah. like, What is it, John? Tell yeah. your family. Tell and he's just like And then uh, that became a stronger gone. bond. Right. So yes. characters like John compared to Ned. Ned is respectable because he sticks to an honor code. Yeah, it's not a but bad John yeah. takes on moral responsibility to himself and he says there is an honor code and that's valuable but you also have to break it sometimes for a greater good whereas ned is less likely to break it right yeah definitely i mean but we know also from all the from the flashback from um brand that uh oh yeah we know that he really wasn't like the most honorable because mm-hmm. in the in the fight with um who's the guy to get it to, to, get, to a get a sister back. back oh yeah yeah um in that fight like they jumped, they like wanted they, a very they dishonorable in a way because they were yeah. going to get killed. <laughs> they, sur- they surrounded the guy right and like yeah. and, and while he wasn't looking, well, the, got him from behind. The, the dishonor is more so. You're exactly right that that w- became another narrative that yes, oh, that Ned's, he's the honorable and he was this. He's the legendary he, he, sword fighter. Not to he, you he bested yeah. that legendary sword fighter and yeah. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, it'd be like if you won a game of chess against the the grandmaster yeah. of the, the world, yeah. and then it turns out when the camera like broke for a second. You just like moved. To, I mean, of course, they memorized their position, so that's a bad example. But, it, it, but still, if you won there. something by cheating and it, it, you didn't win, right? Yeah. Now, what's the game? There is the game: who kills whom first, or is the game follow the honor code in your attempt to kill people? Well, I think the point was that that guy who he was sword fighting would not have done that. That's the problem. But he was also, but he can do that because he's he also was objectively a way better sword yeah. fighter than Ned. Yeah, at the you time, know? yeah. So, of, of yeah. course, it's easier for somebody who's better, right? And everybody just to not need help. But yeah. there yeah. are there are such dishonorable people in the world that if you're pure to your honor, you will not outcompete them. So right. So, here's a um, season one, episode nine. Catelyn Stark says to Walter Frey, quote, you swore an oath to my father. And Walter Frey says... Oh, yes, I said some words. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. so fray. <laughs> yeah. That's just nihilism, it's right? It's like, it's you didn't just say yeah. words. You made an oath. Does that not mean something? It shows you how imaginary it is. Like, mm-hmm. when Ned brings the paper sign and Cersei's like, yeah. paper? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you bought a piece of paper? Like, yeah. it just shreds it. Yeah. Like, you think this was going to help you out? Right. right. It, it turns out nothing's real, right? Yeah. That's that Stephen Pinker quote about honor. It's like, we all believe in it because we all believe we all believe in it. Yeah. It's not because it's a tangible thing that you can touch and hold, right? Yeah. yeah. Like this beer. Oh, there's no beer there. <laughs> that means it's working, baby. <laughs> Guess I finished that beer. Yeah. Um, Blew my mind. <laughs> the very first episode also opens with somebody breaking an oath. Yeah. Will, the deserter, right? Oh, yeah. And Ned has to yeah. kill him. And it's a big lesson for Bran. And, and uh, Jon Snow is there, too. And Ned tells Bran, right, the man who passes the sentence must swing the sword. And yeah. th- that was instilled from the beginning that they take oath oaths and and yeah. breaking them very seriously that 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 was an interesting example too because the the point i took away from that character as well is that he kind of tries to relate to ned this idea that okay i did break my oath but i'm not a liar right yes yes yeah and yes. and he's like and that's why i did it like i want you to at least understand that yeah there's zombies out there i'm you, not a coward right exactly coward. right yeah. Yeah. yeah i respected that guy a lot yeah exactly for I that reason that guy a lot yeah because he also knew like I respect people who know what's in them and what's not in them. 
Sure. You know what I mean? He saw the yeah. zombies. He was like, I'm not fighting. <laughs> He's like, I was I'm out. <laughs> I'm climbing up that wall. Yeah, and yeah, never I'm not, nah, I barely made like it this. through Night's Watch training. Yeah. <laughs> if there's zombies, I'm good. I'm <laughs> good on that. I'm good on that. I'll take, yeah. I'll take the head, headman Zach. That's a good point. <laughs> I, respect, I respect that dude. Some people know what, what, what they're, they know what's what they're capable yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I found that Jamie quote, by the way, the hot tub one. He mm. said, so many vows. They make you swear and swear. Defend the king. Obey the king. Obey your father. Protect the innocent. Defend the weak. What if your father despises the king? What if the king massacres the innocent? It's too much. No matter what you do, you're forsaking one vow or another. And that was really the first writing, time yeah. Brienne was like. That's great. Like, yeah. oh. And then he asked her, he's like, what if your precious Renly, like, told you to to Could kill a bunch of innocent people yeah. right and she was, was like for, it was for the greater good right well it, it depends if it ha if you if you can think frame it that way yeah. right yeah um, it's, it's also interesting when you think of like these codes of conduct um it's like they're supposed to pass down like the things that we want to preserve like the ideas that we mm. want to preserve right from generation to generation right so um because of that they're very uh, they're not very adaptable. Like yeah. when you pass things down, usually when you pass, I mean, the constitution has a bunch of amendments on it. Like when mm. you pass things down, like they don't, it's like they, they don't, need to be they editable. don't fare well, like in dynamic situations. It, right. It's like, right. it's like when you yeah. write something in a stone, it's like, I'm not going to walk around with the stone. This is just right. here because it's, I want to make sure that this at least lasts And for there a while. will be exceptions to the rule on this stone. Yeah, exactly. And I won't know what to do then. And I'll have to figure it out. But it's like, it, it's weird. It's like uh, Jordan Peterson always says like, um, that um, like the state is always corrupt, no matter what, yes. basically. He's like, you should just assume that because- <laughs> That is a fair <laughs> assumption kind of going like, in, it's yeah. It's corrupt because yeah. it's dead. Like it, like they're dead words. Like they're not written in right now. Yeah. Mm. So they're not. You alive always have yet, to account. Yeah. You always have to like account and bring like. You have to bring that like into bring the, more order yeah. into being through truth. Yeah. Right? Like in the in the Bible, like Jesus says, "There's the law, and then there's the spirit of the law." Yes. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. there's like the actual words, and then there's like what is this actually? What are the words actually? Right. Put, right. What do yes. they mean? What is it? What's right. the actual meaning of it? You this know? is what every was debate the, about the Constitution. What too, was the right? intention the, of the it? Yeah. Intention, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. We we've talked about letter of the law versus spirit of the law, right, and, and yeah. a few times, and it's sort of like um, you know that scene where Daenerys sells a dragon to get the mm. Unsullied army. Yeah. Yes. Was that dishonorable of her? Just to, as a recap for people listening, like she offered a dragon up to get an army of 10,000 unsullied and and she seems to be going through with the deal and then kills all the the leaders and doesn't give the dragon. Obviously, they're now dead and takes the army. And for well, some reason, at that point, we were like, yay, didn't we cheered her, her on? Oh, yeah. Well, she, she, she does <laughs> give the, she does hand over the dragon. She follows the letter of the law. Right. Yeah. He hands over the baton. The difference is that the unsullied followed whoever is holding that that right. lash the or dragon, baton or whatever. The dragon, only the dragon doesn't follow human barter. It follows its mom. Yeah. yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. yeah. Is mom. that dishonorable though? Yeah, I mean, yes. But what that, an awful group of men that was, though. Yes, I mean, it's, that's that's also that's also something that bring that is very much into playing Game of Thrones. Is like, um, a lot of it is self preservation. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like. If I if I respect you and I like you and I feel like you're gonna kill me, <laughs> yeah. If I feel like you're gonna kill me, or if I feel like uh, 
like it's a lot of it's a, it has a lot to do with respect. Yeah. If you've done something to slight me, and then I find then now I'm presented with two options that yeah. I could fuck you or not, or I could like hurt you or Screw not. You over, the yeah. only thing in between is honor, quote unquote. Yeah. It's not a, like the dishonorable person I start think, will break it anyway. Yeah, so, I start thinking yeah. about look. I start like going, okay, well, this person did do this, or mm. or they did do this to me. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. that's how that's how the red wedding kind of happened. Sure, you know what I mean? Because um, he could have easily said no. I mean, right. he, was, he was a stubborn old dude. Like he, he said no to the Starks. He could have said no to the Lannisters too. Right, right. He just thought he just took what he thought was a better deal. Was the better mm-hmm. deal essentially? Exactly. That's what's so hard. Yeah. I mean, this is speaking of the Bible, right? Like I see. And, Peterson talks about this a lot, like even God couldn't keep out a snake from the Garden of Eden. And in the Game of Thrones universe, there's a lot of snakes. Mm. Yeah. And so if you're a pure Ned Starkian type person, what's your snake defense? You know, yeah. if you're too pure in your honor code, the snakes figure out how to get to you. Yes. Oh, he won't lie. Have the king yeah. ask him. He'll just tell you. It's you like, well, go, that's not you good. You just have to be really good at sword fighting. You'll last as long as Ned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Being good at sword fighting is definitely like you. if I lived back then, I would be spending a lot more time sword fighting. It, de- it definitely, <laughs> it definitely can help. It definitely can for help. Sure. Yeah. Um, I just found this Martin quote in my notes too, like in in reference to it. It's not really fantasy so much as historical fiction. It's historical. F- yeah, I mean, there's historical fantasy fiction. It's it's inspired <laughs> by his reading of a ton of history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he called it in an interview, "quote The true horrors of human history derive not from orcs and dark lords, but from ourselves." Yeah, reminds me of that Solzhenitsyn quote. You know, line dividing yep. the line dividing good from evil cuts to the heart of every human being. Yes. Not like oh, let's separate the evil people and make the good people. It's like that's the the dynamic that played out in game of thrones that made it so interesting is Jon snow. Yeah. He's our main character. He seems to be dealing with this problem of like honor and oaths versus doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You said before that honor codes aren't dynamic enough, right? They're, they're almost like um, programming codes that get passed from generation to generation to help people survive. But then the environment changes. Are they dynamic enough? The way they are dynamic, though, isn't how they're vague, right? What would Lord Stark do in this situation? He would do what's ever right. It's not specific. It's vague enough that you have to rely on like a feeling of what to do, intuition, not a language of what to do. Intuition. Yeah, that, that's intuition. that's why there's there's it's a it's kind of a double edged sword to use the yeah. you know th- that phrase because if your radar is corrupted though, right? right if you're Ramsey. What good is that, right? <laughs> to be yeah. told, oh, you can interpret it however you think it's morally right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a lot of it comes down to, well, you know, what are the environments and situations in which these people are raised and nurtured? And obviously in Game of Thrones world, many of them are yeah. very adverse. And for some of those people, they're somehow still able to come through, like the Hound mm-hmm. or Sansa, where they go through these growing up in these traumatic cir- circumstances and still somehow they're able to, you know, through their, their own sort of perseverance and guidance of others able to you know really guide that ship somehow yeah. but then other people it's just it's a nightmare far few between yeah far that's between. that's right. the it's hard. thing yeah. Yeah. yeah the people that really take on the burden of being fully like a john snow mm-hmm. and you saw the struggle with how he killed the queen i think the thing with breaking oaths it's not if you do it or not because you have to do it sometimes it's how much of a struggle is it to you you know mm. so Let's and say, it probably should be. It should be yeah. because you made the oath. Right. And the oath literally said, I, I, I swear it, 
to the old gods and the new, like yeah. I will never or whatever. Seven. Yeah. yeah. All seven of them. Yes. Yeah. And that was a great point you had before with like, you know, the, however much money you have to someone who really believes you have no power over them. Yeah, you've lost yeah. all power. Yeah, That's all true. What's the Ramdas quote? He goes, "As soon as you realize you don't need anything, you can have everything." You know, yeah. it's sort of like give up your attempt for power, and you have all the power you need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a very like that's one of those uh, principles that's like seen like cross like belief systems. Totally. Yeah. Like in Christianity, it's um, he who seeks to gain his life will lose his life. Right, but he who loses his life, and by, for my sake, gains his life. Right, which probably means there's something really to it if it's across different cultures. Right, yeah, something yeah. about it works. Yeah, it's kind of like convergent, uh, uh, not evolution. Yeah, yeah. maybe like phys- the physical shape of animals, yeah. like with right. when they're there's, separated there's geographically, it, yeah. you find the same forms emerge. Like that's right. cool. I never thought about like, that. Like you know the yeah. fact that our bodies are symmetrical. And, right. And, yeah. Or how people just in different parts of the world figure out how wheels work or oh, bows. Culturally right? too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make music. Or well, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. oh, that just works to make sound or to use as a bow or something. Right. It's yeah. just a good idea. Right. It's a universally good idea. The other thing I loved is the nature nurture thing. It's same thing I was asking you before about like in the story. If you just said like, hey, nature nurture is a very funny thing where like you're part your DNA, you're part the environment, you're part this epigenetics too, and like all this complication. But you wouldn't want to watch that on HBO. But in the dialogue, Tyrion says, um, Varys was right, I was wrong. It was vanity to think I could guide her. Our queen's nature is fire and blood, which is the Targaryen motto, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And John says, you think our house words are stamped on our bodies when we're born and that's who we are? Then I'd be fire and blood too. She's not her father, no more than your Tywin Lannister. And then the dialogue, of course, goes on to say like, yeah, I'm not Tywin Lannister, but if you total up all the people Tywin right, killed, yeah. it doesn't come close to what she just did. Yeah, in one day, yeah. Um, but isn't right. that such a nice dialogue way to just nice. say the complication of, of, yeah, you're not your dna and your parents and, and and your ancestry but you also are you are yeah <laughs> right and that's yeah. the complicated nature of it all right yeah why is john sure. snow our hero is because he did have fire and blood in him right right if he weren't a targaryen it would <laughs> he be... wouldn't have the strength to right. win yeah batman said against the joker like i'm scared of what i will become to defeat someone like the joker Meaning, I have to access parts of myself that make me evil, and that's the why shadow. the Joker. The lo- shadow. That's the why shadow. the Joker likes him. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows that that dark yes. same darkness is actually. I mean, the in movie him, right? was called The Dark Knight. Right. right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wait, have you read? I haven't read any like young specifically about like the shadow, the anima, animus thing. Have you? Have you done any? I've, of read, that? A little, I've read a little bit about the shadow. Um, in that book, Ego and Archetype, they talk about the shadow a lot. Right. And I've seen like I've. <laughs> Watched a couple of lectures on it. Uh, Peterson talks about it a little bit here and there. Because um, I feel like Daenerys was occupied by the animus by the end. Yeah, it's that, weird. That, that, that the, the dark side of the feminine, whereas the anima yeah. is the dark side of the masculine. I think so, yeah. I think with her, Jung, you know, Jung is big on archetypes. So like the archetype of the king, all, all, all the archetypes have like two shadow archetypes mm. that are related to them. Like the overly... Uh, overbearing the, mother like yeah. like yeah like so you have the so you have the king you have the shadow archetype on the overactive the uh, pole is the tyrant yeah. and the other one is like the weakling or something like that right so it's like 
both elements for both are needed but to make a complete to make a complete king but they have to be if you oscillate to one pole or the other too far you become one or the other basically so um with daenerys it just seems like she like oscillated like she'd like moved like a little too close to magnetically got pulled to the tyrant you know what i mean Mm. one thing i thought was interesting though like throughout the show like i i also think that she went crazy way too fast I agree with you. Totally. On that, 100%. Yeah. But throughout the show, she does tell everybody that gets in her way, like people are going to be screaming. I'm going to be burning the yeah. shit down. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. She literally says that every time she gets a win, she's like, right. I'm going to burn everything to the ground. Like, right, you know right. what I mean? Um, and, and, I, and she seems to enjoy it a little bit. She gets hyped. Like that's oh, when yeah. her energy is like at yeah. its peak. Like, yeah. like when she gets a little bit of like, <laughs> yeah. when she gets a little bit of like status, as soon as she gets yeah. a little bit of status, like when she gets, Married off to um to Khal Drogo, like as soon as she realizes, like oh shit, I can start telling people what to do. Like, yeah, right. I'm the Khaleesi. Like, yeah. like literally, the next scene is like it was yeah. always there. It was yeah. always there. It was always like she was ready for it. When well, she you know? first bought the the army and made the deal with the dragon, and then she also got Missandei out of the yeah, deal. Right. Yeah. She made a comment. I forget exactly what it was, but they're walking away as the scene ends, and uh, something about like a lot of a lot of. Uh, men are going to die or whatever. And she said, maybe it's, it's not their time anymore. Like she made a comment indicating like, don't worry, people will die, but I'm, I'm going to be queen and bring back the feminine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They were showing early signs that she was feeding off of this power energy a little bit too hard. Yeah. And that probably is, uh, her, like her, it probably was like in her DNA. You know what I mean? Like, well, certainly partly. Well, literally, she can't be burned. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, real. That's yeah. real. That's that's and, and that's got to give you a power trip too. To just oh, I'm literally unburnable. Yeah, like, and you're not. I have so superpowers. Game like... on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild. Well, if we've done anything, it's just to talk around the topic of oaths and honor. Uh, I think it's just fun to talk point. about because yeah. it's like yeah. every time you talk about it, you get a slightly more firm idea of what it might be, but you still don't actually know. And that's sort of the whole point that we've been discussing. Yeah, right? yeah. It's so hard to navigate and pin down. Yeah, I just don't think I would have enjoyed Game of Thrones if I watched it when I was in like high school or something. Mm-hmm. I would have missed that element. I think it's something like in your mid-20s to later 20s. and Where it starts to click. starts to click like, yeah. oh, life is this like... Very complex. Very complex. And if you don't have some kind of system to work your 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 way through it, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna when a storm comes, especially you know, like yeah. things are gonna get weird. And yeah. Game of Thrones, obviously, a storm more than a storm came, and you saw like yeah the the simple characters that had no concept of honor died right away. Yeah, and the characters that had like deeply grounded things and were raised as a Stark, they survived. Arya survived some messed up things. So did Sansa, some, right? But also some of them died, though. You some of them I mean? died. Some of them I mean, died. Ned died I mean, very quickly. That's, yeah. yeah, but the family yeah. survived, sort the of. Family sur- yeah, it still Evolutionarily speaking, an honor code would evolve to make the family survive, right? You're right. And yeah. and technically, the family survived on a macro level with mm-hmm. the f- battle against right. the White Walkers. Right. Because the start, because, you know... The you could winter's say coming, the Stark winter's strength. coming. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, like, literally, technically, too, the king... I, I guess is a Stark sort of because Bran oh, yeah. is the king. Right. Now, Even now though he's, he's a bird. <laughs> yeah, he was off working, doing nothing on that whole he, Oh my God, don't get me started. He was so worse than useless. I'm looking at wheelchair designs from the past. <laughs> it's like, bro, 
come on. Yeah, but then if you think of it from the perspective of block universe, like the whole thing always happened that way. So he he was probably yeah. chill. He always so he was to, always useless. He always yeah, knew he that just, yeah. knows, he knows. Like I'm a he always knew I had yeah. to go look at wheelchairs. But what's, what, what's interesting <laughs> is I'm looking forward to the books because I feel I don't I honestly don't think Martin probably saw the last two seasons of the show. I don't think he watched them, <laughs> but I think he's obviously heard things. And if he did, he knows. Oh yeah, I, my books are going to be way cooler. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, you think it's going to extra inspire him? Yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 not going to have Bran just sit there and be like, I, I'll play with birds while you die, Theon. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he'll do something. Do anything. Yeah, well, some people think he warged into the dragon. Yeah, like I didn't the see Night that. King dragon, but I didn't see that's that. A, that's yeah. a reach. Yeah, that's a reach. That's, a reach. Yeah. Be that's cool that, though. Yeah, maybe he should have. Like, would be cool. I would do beyond that the scope of our expertise yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll let the YouTube channels cover that and like analyze every last yeah. detail about. Yeah, things. Uh, search YouTube. Uh, yeah. all of this. I prefer to talk about honor and not really yeah. understand what. For I sure. think about it. That would. <laughs> I don't know if that would be a great like place to be like i've never you've never been a dragon before you're gonna try the first time like in a zombie <laughs> dragon he's been a bird he's, he's in a zombie dragon that's being warged in already by a, a zombie lord yeah, king thanks. guy yeah he's got it i think he could do it if you could warg into a wolf and a bird and all these other things you probably just like think just what you want to do and it works you know like, uh, i want to flap my wings you know and it just goes or i want to go there and the wings just flap that kind of thing hopefully yeah. Anything else, anybody? I do have one other quote that Go I it. wanted to share that uh, I don't know if it's if, if it's a great quote, but it's a really funny uh, sort of example of kind of everything that we've said where when Braun um, decides to be Tyrion's champion when he's in prison sure. in the, the veil. Great scene. And he, scene. he only purely decides to do it as, a, again, navigating the hierarchy. No, yeah. this is a great opportunity. Yeah. He knows I might die, but he also knows if I don't, and I think I can probably win. Fast forward skill set. Also. Yeah, he's like, I know he I'm good. He's yeah. he's like, I'm pretty sure I can beat anybody here, and I'll yeah. be I'll be set for a while. Yeah. And when he kills that guy in in the, in the uh, show, the um, uh, Lysa, the, the you know, Lordess of the Vale or whatever, says you you don't fight with honor, and he just looks down the hole where he threw the guy and goes no. But he did, yeah. <laughs> and just walks yeah. away. Oh shit! That was yeah. A great scene, yeah, that's great, a good great point. Scene. Great line too. That gets right to the everything about this he admits he's like no i don't fight with honor but he did yeah gosh i love the realism in that show man yeah Yeah. people just so real they just know who they are yeah Yeah. piece of shit bro yeah right but i'm good at it i'm here (laughs) yeah right right it's one thing to be a piece of shit and be unaware but when you're aware it's at least respectable especially in a time like that where like you said self-preservation what, who, he didn't have any family, right? Yeah. If you're a guy without any family in middle ages like that, yeah. you know... Who, get your sword work up. What system... Yeah. <laughs> you get your sword work up, yeah. and like what system of honor, like a Ned Stark family wolf pack kind of thing, is going to work for you? It's like, yeah. you might need a different strategy. Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing I'll say, too, in, in terms of uh, recommending the books, because... It's just another layer deep, deeper. Why I love that scene in the books is because when he does that fight, he actually gets like pretty messed up in the fight. He's, yeah. he's fine, but he gets, I think, three teeth knocked out during the fight. And he sort of reflects that, oh, well, you know, that's worth it. Yeah. I, I was almost out of teeth anyways. I wasn't using them all. Now anyways. they won't get infected or whatever. And I'll just get gold ones from Tyrion. This is right. such a better deal. Right, right, right. And, wow. and to uh, anybody else, you're thinking, that's insane. Yeah. But to him, he's like, nah, it's a good deal. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fine with that's me. That's better. I didn't get stabbed or anything, whatever. Yeah. And now, it, it was. It, let's say he thought it was an 80-20 risk. Yeah. 
Worth it. Worth it. Because yeah. he probably thought life's so hard, like, okay, 20% chance of death, right. whatever. Life's so hard and short anyways. Yeah. Probably, yeah. He probably has been in worse with worse odds. Yeah, exactly. Right. Totally. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like worse Friday. odds for less return. He's probably <laughs> taking worse odds while drunk. Probably, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, yeah. Like, right. Damn. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. Yeah, thanks I for having us. I hope we accomplish something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Stay honorable, kids. Stay honorable. <laughs> and, uh, but balance it with dignity. Yeah. yeah. And other stuff, too. And Don't yeah, listen whatever. to us. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Exploring Kodawari. If you enjoyed it, we hope you'll consider sharing it on social media and with friends. You can also help us out by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Those help us more than you would think. And if you'd like to help us out in a more substantial way, consider going over to our website to make a donation through PayPal. Links are in the episode notes for this. You can do this as a one-time donation or a recurring monthly donation. All of that support will help us to set aside time in order to create content for the podcast and the blog. And finally, please get in touch with us and say hi, either on social media or privately through email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.